That's the end goal of all of this is to increase the publications and to increase the amount of awareness and dissemination of knowledge. And also the the engagement as has been one of the, the huge initiatives of Skin Canada, the patient engagement to drive projects and research initiatives as well. That's Dr. David Kreuteru. He's a clinical associate professor in the Division of Dermatology at the University of Toronto. He's a dermatologist in the Department of Dermatology at Women's College Hospital. David is also unique for the fact that he is in the clinical investigator program at the University of Toronto, seeking his master's in immunology. He's our guest today on JCMS Author Interviews. I'm your host, Kirk Barber. I'm the editor-in-chief of the journal Cutaneous Medicine and Surgery, and I'm a clinical professor of medicine at the University of Calgary. Today, Dr. Kreutru and I will discuss the article he co-authored in the January-February 2023 edition of JCMS, which was titled, Informing a Canadian Skin Science Trainee Program Based on the State of Trainee Programs Offered by International Academic Societies. And we're going to try and take that very long title and make it into something that comes alive and is interesting for you. Now, this is a quick reminder this, that this article is free on the JCMS website as it is open access. Well, David, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, this is your uh, first experience as a, a podcaster on JCMS, so welcome. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So, David, you're a clinician investigator you're you're living proof that this kind of thing can work tell me about the program that you have set up for yourself and then let's reflect back on what is going to have to happen for others to have the same success the the path that i've taken is a little bit different i started uh, my master's uh, in conjunction with uh, my residency Uh, i started in in third year after receiving um, a competitive grant looking at pyoderma gangrenosum um, and really, through great mentorship that was available in our program, uh, was able to engage in a master's of immunology while completing my residency. Uh, and that spilled over into being awarded entry into the clinician investigator program, uh, which I'm now completing as kind of a, a fellowship uh, after residency. And this opportunity really um, was not something that was or I think, or is readily made available to residents that have interest in translational research or interest in research in dermatology altogether. And one of the main purposes of this paper um, was to find ways to engage with residents and to provide them the opportunities to network and talk to each other to develop research paths um, that are right now a little bit atypical or uh, hard hard to identify and navigate on one's own. So if you look at all the departments across the country i mean I, all of them i mean there aren't that many of them but if but if you look at them it was the how many of them would be starting to think about this initiative i mean is, have you spurred have you spurred some interest i mean i'm i'm not sure that we we've, we've necessarily spurred interest with this paper alone i think with the skin the skin network um which is really what the working group that developed this paper came from, I think what they have done um, is sparked a collaboration and network that is really making an impact across the country. And you can see that on the Skin Canada website. Um, They have a ton of ongoing research projects in inflammatory skin disease, uh, in fibrosis and and wound regeneration. Um, It's really quite broad and also deeply developed in multiple levels. Um, So I think that really that that is the major success. And this is a, a reflection of that. So you have a core of people interested in the basic science of skin. You have a core of people that are clinicians. So 
the, the marriage has to occur, you know, for this to be fruitful. Now, remember, we had at the Canadian Dermatology Association meeting a few years ago, um, a, a co-meeting with a skin research group. And uh, Dr. Litvinoff, uh, one of the co-authors on your paper, mm -hmm. um, brought the Canadian Dermatology Association meeting and the meeting of the skin research group uh, together it was very fruitful. Absolutely. Um, and and that, I think that marriage is something that needs to happen and happen more uh, readily and broadly across Canada. And I think, you know, skin the Skin Canada Network uh, which is the Skin Investigation Network of Canada. That's what SKIN stands, stands for. Um, they have identified that as well. And, you know, one of their um, working groups is translational research. Um, and by definition, that's that's the marriage of basic scientists and clinicians to bring um, new research from bench to bedside, um, which, you know, is a, a lot of dermatology research, I think, has, has been traditionally clinical and epidemiologic. Um, but I think that has been identified as a gap that is now quickly being bridged. Great. So in your paper, when you went to these other societies, what were the few things that were, were most successful? Yeah, so it was difficult to track success because, and that, that was one of the things that we identified as a gap um, from these societies that we were looking at, is that really there was limited engagement with feedback and there was no metric of tracking, you know, success for the outcomes of these workshops or sessions that were being offered for trainees in this societal area. And, and, and remember, the societies we were looking at were broad. They weren't dermatology societies. Like one of the societies was um, a society for, for matrix biology, uh, for structural matrix biology. Uh, and another one was looking, uh, it was in a, a society for neurology. Um, so they were very diverse. Um, and I think, you know, what, what we did take away was qualitative and descriptive. And we, we made a, a, a table of recommendations, which you can find in the paper. I think it's our last figure, um, which talks about the strategies that we felt were most shared and beneficial in the context of what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and we came up with, you know, an idea for a, a program um, that occurs on an annual basis and strategies to improve trainee engagement with that program. How much, how much energy, oh, not how much energy, how much um, how big a program does it have to be to be successful? I mean, is this a weekend workshop? Is this multiple weekend workouts? I mean, how do you structure something like that? Well, I think you have to build build it from the ground up. So, you know, you start with a program that occurs on an annual basis because you don't want to develop fatigue. And from there, you, you build a network of attendees and then can add sessions, add future initiatives um, and, and build interest as engagement and participation starts to grow naturally. Um, but we did recommend specifically an annual start um, with a roughly three-day hybrid program um, to, to build that initial relationship and, and, and engagement. So this isn't teaching people how to work with pipettes. The, I mean, this is, this is getting above that sort of how do you project, how do you establish a project, how you need mentors, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We need mentors. And, you know, I think, I think one of the things that we identified in this paper was that, um, while there are a lot of, at these scientific sessions, while there are a lot of sessions, um, that talk about networking broadly, um, there are not really many that have certain, um, that have certain programs, which, which are now, I think, falling more in favor around, for example, grant writing or, 
um, narrative development in grant writing, um, engagement of patients as partners in research, developing open science. And, and so we recommended that these topics should be um, in as well as the ones that are, you know, frequent recurring topics uh, as part of scientific sessions be incorporated as well. Um, and it is really about as, as much as it is about, you know, hard skill developing development like pipetting at the bench side, which I think a lot of us um, that are interested in this field are, are, are somewhat familiar and aware of. It is really the soft skill, the communication skill development, the leadership development um, and the mentorship that's that's, I think, important and essential at, at events like this. So what's going to take you there? Is it money, interest, mentors? I think all of the above, uh, which is the challenge. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that these that these programs are too expensive. Um, they, they, they certainly have a cost. But as you mentioned, if they can be um, added on to pre-existing um, programs that are that are well funded or have been established for some time, then the adjunct cost is, I think, marginal compared to when if starting it from scratch. Um, so that was also some of the, one of the things that we recommended um, for one of these, the, the initiation of one of these types of uh, trainee targeted uh, programs. Could they be virtual? I think they should, they should be partially. I think that that option is always helpful to people to improve attendance. Um, but I, as we know, uh, in-person is, is the best for networking and, and really for, um, I think, engagement of trainings. So how many people do you need around a table? Around a table, I would say a small group. Um, but, you know, sitting in a room, as, as many as we can. Uh, I think there are a lot of, there's a lot of interest for translational research in Canada in, related to skin. There's a lot of interest in all sorts of, of skin research um, and bridging the gap between, you know, clinical correlates with basic science and basic scientists is, is really what this is about. I'm wondering because, I mean, it's been, it's been tried. Yeah. Um, right. And yeah. and what what needs what needs to push it? What did you identify anything in from these other societies? It needs to push it into existence, if you will. I think it, I think it needs to reach a sort of critical mass, and I think that that's what's happening with the Skin Canada Network. You can see that with the funding that has come from the Skin Canada grant that was CIHR, um, it, we we really have now an ability to build out and to build these networks. And as we build them, the attendance grows. And so I think once we develop a program that be becomes consistently attended through the development of these pro funded projects and networks, um, that's, that's how we actually start establishing, um, I guess, a breakthrough of the inertia. What's the first thing we're going to see? What's the next thing we're going to see? Well, so we, we already have uh, virtual workshops that are going on. Uh, I have I'm giving a talk in one in about a month. Um, so you, you should attend that. Uh, maybe how, do, how do we find out about it? Give us the... Give yeah, us they're, the, they're on the, 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 Skin Canada, the Skin Canada website. You go to skincanada.org. Uh, you can see all the working groups that are there, um, the, the projects that are ongoing. I think they have like 20 multi-center projects, about 200 active members, uh, over 20 research sites. You can see what's happening in the events and get on a mailing list, a listserv, you know, and... And, and become engaged, start clicking yes and putting those programs in your calendar and then reaching out and emailing the people that are giving the talks. Um, we, have, we have a program this year that I think has a lot of different topics that are um, hopefully going to engage researchers across the country. And um, not only are they different in terms of the science content, um, but they're completely different in terms of scope as well. And they bring all different kinds of experts that are not just dermatologists. Um, they're not just 
uh, clinicians as well. Uh, sorry, they're not just dermatologists by by clinical training. Um, we have other specialists, but we have also basic scientists um, and clinical epidemiologists. Do you go into the basics like grant writing and that sort of thing in 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 these uh, sessions? Of course, yeah. That, I, that's I, that session was I think offered uh, in this past year at the uh, Skin Research Group of Canada, which um, the Skin Canada well, workshop was offered at. Um, and, and it was one of the main recommendations that came out of the paper is to improve the amount of, uh, of writing opportunities and, and grant writing workshops uh, that we have for trainees. And not just grant writing workshops in general, but specific details related to them. So the path is there. It's, a, it's just a matter of advertising it and widening it and getting enough people to walk uh, through this. And so is that a, is that a thing at the you know, late residency, early career group that you're really focusing uh, on? Um, well, actually, I think starting to get trainees interested earlier than that is essential. You know, I started my master's in third year, but the project that that it came from um, was initiated in second year. And my research interest was really in, in second year. I think if you wait till the end of your residency, you've already started to establish your clinical path or your your research path. I think you need to start young, or sorry, early. You need to start early um, before uh, to really differentiate yourself and also to figure out what doesn't work for you. Um, going going back to some to something you were asking earlier, um, you know about some some of the one of the barriers to engagement. I think it really is around fees and. Skin Canada as well on the website, which I mentioned everyone should check out. Uh, they also have a lot of scholarship opportunities to offset travel costs, um, as well as uh, they have a scholarship now. I, I don't know how new it is, but I noticed it was on the website recently um, to provide for for research in somebody's lab. Um, so there's there's lots of opportunities for trainees to engage. And I think that really the funding and accessibility is one of the main barriers. Okay, so so reiterate for me the Skin Canada website. How do I get there? Yeah, so skincanada.org. Uh, directly on the rate website, you go to the training hub. They have two grants that are available now, Training Travel Award and Training Mobility Award. And the Training Mobility Award will um, give you, I think, up to $4,000. Don't quote me on that. Um, but go to the website, and, and it's right there for you. So if I'm a medical student... I go to skincanada.org. I see a, there's a place there. Um, I'll go and you know make my application and that sort of thing. Is it? Is it? Um, I mean, the frustration must be if you're reaching out to these young people in, in just advancing and they're just starting to think about their careers, and you say, "Look, come be a skin science researcher." And in order to do that, you have to become a dermatologist. And I know you don't have to, but that would be the path that many of the that we would draw a lot of these people. Is there any work at the that you've heard of at the um, residency level? Yeah, for medical students, as long as they're engaged in a graduate degree, they can absolutely apply for one of these grants. And so, you know, I think that that's any basic scientist um, that's pursuing a master's, for example, um, can can apply. Um, and so, you can even you could be even before medical school, and you could have already one of these grants on your CV and have some engagement with skin research and decide whether or not that this is something that you want to do long-term. You really can't start quite early. Okay. So the dermatology residency programs, have they recognized the value of skin um, research-ready 
applicants. I think so. But I also think that the programs value research in other subject areas that is that are potentially transferable. Um, you know, and, and I can't speak certainly to every program, but uh, it, from my insight, that's, that's held true. Um, and I think that a lot of uh, that is why we also looked at academic societies that were not just dermatologic. We wanted broad experience um, because there is a lot of, of, of transferability, not just in the development of these um, programs and these working groups, but uh, or the, the scientific sessions, um, but, as themse- but in the actual researcher themselves. OK, so your call out is for people that are interested in skin research. Whether or not they wish to become a clinician scientist isn't isn't really the important bit. Absolutely not. Yeah, we I think we're we're looking for engagement of researchers um, that are not just clinical um, that that have that come from all different areas um, that are pursuing graduate degrees that are doing summer research projects. I think that that's the way to to improve the engagement across the country and to get people coming to these sessions. Let's say I'm an academic researcher in cutaneous disease. Where do I go to meet my colleagues? Where do I go to get that critical mass of people that advances science? Well, I think you got to you come to the conferences, um, the Canadian Dermatology Conference every year. You got to come to that, um, but also to the to the events that go a- alongside it. And I think you know when when we have these Skin Canada workshops, um, you show up there and you come to the virtual sessions and you ask questions afterwards and you send emails um, and. You know, as as this grows and as the Skin Canada network grows, I think so do these events and so does the turnout. And and then these are the places that you go. Um, and from there, the projects grow. So um, as far as developing mentors, you know, your authors on this, on your article are all clearly um, well involved in in this uh, in the in the world of dermatologic science and skilled at it, or they would be considered mentors. Is there a group across the country of mentors that meet that talk about what should be done? Well, again, you know, not to plug the Skin Canada website one more time, but you know, if you go onto the website and you look at the working groups, those are the mentors across the country, and you can see their areas of interest. Um, all of those members are are people that can absolutely be reached out to. Um, individually to to pursue research opportunity and you know i certainly work quite closely with one of them he's my research supervisor and has been a close mentor to me throughout uh, my training so i think you know that that is where i would direct you to go all right so skincanada.org absolutely yep get to a workshop working groups yeah and uh yeah and see and see what's happening well okay is there anything else that you wanted to talk about um some of the things I was I was trying to get at, and maybe you can tell me, David, whether we got there was was because when I was a big fan with Ivan in his skin research, what did he, what did he call himself? Skin Canada Research Group, or yeah, yeah something like that. He and he, pre, he was president of it, and we, I and then we have the then in the Canadian Dermatology Association, we have we have the the Canadian Investigative Dermatology Group. And I, you know, I tried to provide a session for them at the at the Calgary meeting and to get together and to in in a, in a group and and they had the um, then he had his own meeting at the same time. Now the CDA they don't they don't meet together anymore. I don't know whether his group has stayed together or not. But there seems to be a huge disconnect in this in this I, community. I agree with that, and that's you know honestly, I think that that is one of the the major imports of this. Skin Canada network that is being formed is to try to amalgamate everyone again and really get everybody in the same room and under one roof and 
you know, not call them different initiatives, have have one meeting for people that are interested in one research area um, at, you know, alongside um, whichever whichever event is running. Um, But I agree. I I don't think that there's um, I think that amalgamating things um, and, and creating clear collaborations is the way forward. Um, if that makes sense. And, you know, I'm quite new to this all as well. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't know historically what, ha- where there has been um, a split, but I, I think that very clearly there's, there's an initiative going forward to bring things together and to create projects um, for researchers that have shared interests across the country. I mean, I offered uh, JCMS as a way to, to get publications out and a way, I mean, it's a, it's a clinical journal, but that's what translational medicine is supposed to do is inform the clinician about what's going on in the basic science world. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think that that's, I think that that is really, I mean, that's, that's the end goal of all of this is to increase the publications and to increase the amount of awareness and dissemination of knowledge. And also the, the engagement as has been one of the, the huge initiatives of Skin Canada, the patient engagement to drive projects and research initiatives as well. Um, so to do both, you know, researcher driven as well as patient driven. So I'll expect to have you on the um, podcast in another year or two um, with uh, with with uh, further evidence that uh, the marriage has occurred and that uh, you've, you've, you've been able to to coordinate all these activities? Well, that's the hope, you know, this was the, this was, you know, this article was the roadmap, but now we have to implement it. Um, so, you know, hopefully with this podcast and some of the, the listeners here, we'll have some more engagement to some of our virtual workshops. And uh, I know that the event that we're going to host next year will be a little bit more finely tuned with some of the information um, that we've gathered ourselves and some of the learning that we've had from our last, from our last session, which was just in November. Well, if the journal can help, we are Canadian and uh, we have a broad reach um, and um, we're always keen to support great work and the the work that's been so far produced by members of your group has been outstanding. Thank you. And thanks for for having me today. And uh, thank you for accepting our paper in your journal. Well, thanks, David. That was enlightening. And I think we can summarize our discussion by SkinCanada.org. So SkinCanada.org, be sure to visit the website, uh, hook up with the training sites, and uh, we'll try and get some enthusiasm for skin research in Canada. Well, that's it for this episode of JCMS Author Interviews Podcast. Uh, Once again, I hope you enjoyed your time with us. Uh, If you did, uh, give us a rating, review where you listen. It helps more people find these interviews. Um, Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And and remember, if you're looking for more great CDA podcasts, be sure to check out Dermalogs, our residence podcast, hosted by my colleague, uh, Dr. Kerry Purdy. Well, I'm Kirk Barber. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, be good to each other.